Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on 970 WDAY. Good afternoon, Kyle. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm great. The teal's off today. She's slacking somewhere or something. I don't know what she's doing. I'm sure she's celebrating May the 4th. May the 4th. Be with you. I have I have a confession to make as a as a nerdy guy who grew up on on sci-fi and fantasy and I'm into that stuff. I like it a lot. I have never liked Star Wars that much. And I I, really? I realize I realize that makes me an apostate in in geek culture, <laughs> but I it just I don't I don't get it. Like the the I never thought the movies were all that great. Um See, this is like the same sentiment that I have for the Star Trek films. I don't like Star Trek either. Really, I, that I, much. I I prefer Star Wars a lot more. I prefer the '70s films and actually the most recent two. I feel like the ones that were done in the early 2000s. The prequels, I think those, universe. those were pretty bad. I'm not saying I hate them. I mean, they're okay. I mean, they're good. The story's right? good. The story's I mean, always good. But yeah, I mean, I've seen the movies. I I I have to admit, I haven't seen the last two, the most recent two. Um, and they're the best two. <laughs> In, okay. in my opinion. Okay, well, Rogue, fair enough. Rogue One was probably the best one Yeah, and I, I, and, and I want to see him, and I'm going to get around to see him. I, I just don't, I don't get how it's such a dominating part of, of you know, so, sort of that, that culture, right? Like the sort of comic book, sci-fi culture. I don't know. I mean, to me, there's just, there, there's a lot of other movies, a lot of other stories that are, that are better. I, I th- honestly, I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy was a better, better set of movies than Star Wars. That one is tough to beat. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I'd agree with you on that. And I, and by that, the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, where they turned a book that was what one eighth the size of 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 the of the Lord of the Rings trilogy into its own movie trilogy, was silly. Um, well, that's Hobbit, Hobbit. That's that's Hollywood for you. I think that yeah. they should have done The Hobbit in a one movie, one movie. installment. That would One movie, perfect. just tell the story. Tolkien's story mm-hmm. doesn't really need to be improved upon. And that was the genius of the Lord of the Rings movies, is that they really didn't set out to like try to improve upon something that was already pretty darn good. Um, so anyway, uh, off on a tangent. Star Wars, I, I don't know. I'm not running it down. I get why people like it. I just uh, Sometimes I don't understand just how overweening the fascination is with this. I mean, it's like it's... It's forty years old now, right? I mean, I think I think the the biggest attraction of it is because you have people now who are parents that grew up. They were probably yeah. teenagers around the time that those first like Star Wars: A New Hope when they, that came out. They were teenagers or even preteens going to see that in the movie theater, and it was a life changing experience. See, they, I they, if... they haven't they haven't seen anything like that. Probably, I mean, since two thousand one, a Space Odyssey, but that, I mean. This this brought in like that fantasy storylines to well, it. It's, it's it's space opera, right? It, exactly. It, it was it was it was the first. I don't want to say the first. It, it it's probably the best space opera movie, right? That that subgenre of sci-fi, probably the best movie of that of that type ever ever released as a as a major theatrical or I guess series of films. Um, and I think it's just stood this. It's, it's uh, stood the test of time, really, and you have wonder, those people now that yeah. were that age when it was released are now having their own kids that might be that preteen, teenage age, and they're getting their kids into it just like you know they were getting into it back when they were that age, 
and, and there's new movies coming out on top of it. So it's just kind of, it's spanned all the way from the, you know, the late 70s to now, really. I wonder, for me, I've always wondered if it's like a generational thing where I was born in 1980, right? So when the original trilogy, as they were released, I was either not born yet or very, very young. Um, and, and, and not, not certainly old enough, old enough to appreciate the movie. So I was never in on the first sort of go around with it. And then we had that long period. And then by the time it kind of became popular again, it was the prequels, which I think we all know were not very good. Uh, and I, 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 to me, I wonder if that's just it. Like I just sort of fell in. I was too young for the initial craze. And by the time I was old enough to maybe appreciate it, I got the cruddy movies, and now I've just sort of lost interest in the entire franchise. I, I think that maybe explains it. For that me. that very well could be. I, I just remember before the prequels even came out, I was a little kid watching. Like it was a it was a rite of passage to watch all three of those the original ones. You know, the yeah. episodes five, six, and seven. I believe. I think that's correct. I think that's yeah. But those it was watching those <laughs> as a kid back to back to back. Like at a sleepover or something, like I, I did that as like a ten, eleven year old. Yeah, I don't know. It got me into it, so I don't know. I just, I mean, it's different for everybody. One of those things. All right. Well, let's. Uh, no guests today. It's going to be open phones the entire program. If you want to join in, seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Star Wars, sci fi, Lord of the Rings, whatever you want to talk about, we could talk about it today. I should add, uh, Governor Doug Burgum is actually going to be on with me tomorrow. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, uh, it's gonna be a, a, a special extended edition of the Rob Report. We're taking over the first hour of Jay Thomas's show, uh, tomorrow. He's gonna be out. So, uh, we'll be taking over and we'll actually have Governor Burgum on at 2 p.m. tomorrow. So be sure to tune in for that. Uh, in the meantime, I wanna talk a little bit about this Stephen Colbert thing. Kyle, I'm sure you're up to speed on that. I am. Yes, I am. So, here's, here's the thing. He said something that was offensive that I'm not gonna, I'm not going to repeat on air. It's it's pretty gross what he said. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that because it was insulting to Donald Trump. It's just sort of a gross thing to say about anybody. Um, I'm a little bit alarmed that in 2017 we still have people who think it's funny to demean straight men by suggesting that they're homosexuals. I, I think that's as if homosexual men are somehow lesser than straight men, Like like it's supposed to be a... Uh, an insult to, uh, to, to 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 straight men to be suggest you know that that you might engage in a gay sex act. I mean, grow up. So there's that aspect of it. But what's really interesting to me are all the people calling for Stephen Colbert to be fired. And I don't understand why people would do that. And I have some thoughts on it. And I wrote about it at SayAnythingBlog.com. You can check it out. But that's my question for you right now. Should he be fired? Because I don't think, as much as I think I'm not a fan, and I think his comments were pretty gross, I don't think he should be fired. And I'll explain right after this. 701-293-9000, email talk at wday.com. By the way, the health care bill just passed over in Washington, D.C., so we can maybe talk about that a little bit as well. This is the Rob Report on 970-WDAY. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. 
888-970-9329. Okay, so here's why I don't think Stephen Colbert should be fired. Um, I mean, first of all, if I don't think, because it's obviously conservatives, for the most part, right of center, Trump supporter type people who are reacting to this. And I don't think it behooves those people to act like the liberal snowflakes on college campuses that can't stand to hear people who say things that they find offensive or that they disagree with, right? I mean, that's that has been a key part of the decline of, of Democrats and, and left-wing politicians in America is this lack of tolerance for people who say things that they disagree with, right? I mean, there's this, there's this constant effort. If you are right of center, if you're pro-life, or you think that we need immigration reform or you're skeptical of I don't know affirmative action policies or you think uh, you know wh- whatever whatever your thing is you know they're going to call you a fascist and a racist and anti-woman and everything else i mean that's that's their thing right i mean conservative speakers can't speak on some college campuses in America because it's literally dangerous for them. That's where the left is right now. And I don't think it does the right any good to go down that road. If Stephen Colbert wants to say ugly, nasty things on his television show, then don't watch his television show. I mean, do you really think he's convincing anybody? I mean, you think Stephen Colbert, by making sort of, you know, quasi-homophobic, insults and aiming them at Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin is going to convince anybody? I thought that everything with that monologue was great, especially for his audience up until that point. Those that, that could have been changed. He should not have said that at the very end. Yeah. Um, I don't think he should lose his job over it. If anything, he should maybe get, I think, a, I think, you know, a slap on the wrist and... You have to understand, too, that they have had over 4 million views on that video online since Monday. So, I mean, they're, they're, yeah. him and his writers were up to something there, and they knew sure. it was going to raise sure. some eyebrows. It's, I mean, that's, and that's so much of the media entertainment, even the political world where the Democrats are, are cursing and stuff now. It's a, ra- it's a race to the bottom, right? Everybody, everybody, it, there is so much content now right it's such a sprawling between broadcast and cable and radio and podcasting and the internet and everything else it's such a sprawling everybody's trying to get attention right and so now it's like a race to the bottom to who could be the most purient the most titillating the most you know crude to get attention and this is colbert's way and it it works to a certain extent I could tell you, like, like the people who are worried, like, politically, right, that, like, Stephen Colbert saying this sort of thing about Donald Trump is going to, like, have some sort of a political impact. Listen, I, I, I got to tell you, as a conservative, as a person who is right of center, as a person who is not all that interested in seeing, you know, the, the, the sort of left-wing agenda that Stephen Colbert is interested in succeed, I want Stephen Colbert to be the spokesperson for liberalism. That's what I want. I'm fine with that. I want that guy to be the defining face of American liberalism. Amy Schumer, all the rest of them, out there saying all the things that they said, fine. That's fine by me. Please, please keep employing Stephen Colbert. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would rather see former comedians talk for us liberals, kind of, you know, like an Al Franken, not someone that, you know, all someone right. that's actually playing the, 
in the political game. Not Al, someone... Al Franken is 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 a is a pretty smart guy and a pretty astute guy, and he knows how to do it right. And if you notice, Al Franken is not a bomb thrower in Congress. Not at all. Not. I think I think you can even argue that it's a combination of a bracing to the bottom, like you were bringing up, but then also because this stemmed from what Donald Trump. Um, slamming Dickerson on the on TV, right? Right. So I mean, that's so he's attacking someone from the same network that Colbert is on. I think sure. it was a combination of him getting angered by that, along with his writers going, "How oh, we could probably capitalize on this?" Right. Not probably. I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty disproportionate response. I think Trump called Dickerson like fake news or something, or, or said, "What did he say?" Didn't he say something like... Oh, deface the nation. I call your... I do watch your show. I call it deface the nation. nation. That's right. That's what he said. Which, you know, what... And and, and so Colbert's response is to make a a fellatio joke? Come on. Um, And and I think that was just... That that was the anger coming out because you could even see it in Colbert's delivery of that. That he was agitated. He wasn't. Yeah, that it wasn't. That it wasn't as like he was. He was. You know. Just but the per, it persuades nobody. It persuades. Nobody. Absolutely not. I'm his base, and it didn't not, persuade it, me. It's not. It's not winning anybody. I thought over. it was and, in and, poor taste. And, and, and by the way, I'll flip it around, and I'll say that like Ann Coulter, Ann Coulter, and, and the Berkeley thing, right? Liberals should want Ann Coulter to talk. She alienates people. She is a bomb thrower. She is a caustic woman. Liberals should want Ann Coulter speaking for conservatives because it doesn't make conservatives look good. She is a caricature of what liberals think conservatives look like, right? So liberals can point to her and say, oh, Ann Coulter. But but you know what the liberals at Berkeley did? They turned Ann Coulter into a free speech martyr. They made her look, uh, you know, what's, what's the word for it? They made her look sympathetic. That's what they did to her. They made Ann, they managed to make Ann Coulter bomb-throwing, caustic, and Coulter look sympathetic. Was that a smart move, liberals? Just let people speak. I mean, listen, if, if you really want to hurt Stephen Colbert, like you really want to hit him where it hurts, don't react to him. Don't watch his YouTube videos. Don't write Facebook posts about him. Don't tweet about him. Stop talking about him. The worst reaction that Stephen Colbert could ever hope to get, like the the very worst thing for his career, if he goes out and he does something like this, the worst thing that could happen is not a bunch of people upset and calling for him to be fired. That's not the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that could happen for him is no reaction at all. So, I don't know. I I mean, I, I feel like as a country, it would do us all a lot of good. If we maybe just stopped paying attention to people who talk like that, stop paying attention to Ann Coulter, stop paying attention to Stephen Colbert. Generally speaking, they're not saying things that are all that informative. They're not saying things that are even really all that interested, interesting, unless you like sort of bathroom humor. More to come straight ahead. Love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Reporter on 970 WDAY. 
You're pretty good with the, bow, the uh, bump music today, Kyle. I'm liking it. You know what? I, I, I'm, I have a theme going here. This oh, is you the, do? It's the soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 coming out today in theaters. Did you hook your Dorito bag up to the board <laughs> or something? I did see that, no, but no, I haven't <laughs> gone and purchased a Who, Dorito player. Uh, a, 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 it's Doritos, right, that, that's doing that? Yes. That promotion where they have like a like a little MP3 player, I guess, built into the bag. You could recharge your Doritos bag. As why you and would then, want to? I, I don't guess know. Play music. I don't know. The things they come up with today. It is amazing though that I mean, not so long ago that sort of technology was like revolutionary, and you'd spend hundreds of dollars to be able to to do something like that. And today it's like now you could just buy like a Dorito, like a throwaway Doritos bag that plays some music, and then. What a world. Uh, 701-293-9000. Do you want to join in? 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We're talking about this thing with Stephen Colbert uh, and his, um, his I, I, I think it's fair to say it was a crude, crude comments about President Donald Trump. Um, and, and listen, don't get me wrong. I mean, Trump's made plenty of crude comments as well. I mean, that's a, the fact that I didn't really want Donald Trump speaking for conservatism, although he's not really, I mean, ideologically, where, I mean, what, what is Donald Trump ideologically? I mean, I guess he's a populist. He's not really a conservative, whatever. I didn't really want him speaking for Republicans, right? I mean, Donald Trump and the way he talks sometimes about these issues doesn't speak for me. I think it's a distraction. I think he could be more effective if he didn't do it, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe if he hadn't done it, he couldn't got elected. I, I think, I think Donald Trump's election strategy was, you know, get attention by being crude and outrageous in the same way that Stephen Colbert is hoping to get ratings and attention by being crude and outrageous. I mean, it's 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 a race to the bottom. It really is uh, uh, all the way across the spectrum. And, and by the way, Kyle, speaking of a race to the bottom, did you see Bill Nye's Netflix special or Netflix show or whatever? I knew that it came out. I haven't watched any of it yet. What it, it's. <laughs> I haven't watched any of it yet because I've been consuming other television, but I, 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 get, I, I, I was aware that it came out. Yeah, I get that I'm not his target audience, right? I am, I am one of these deniers who doesn't necessarily buy into the idea that that we have a global warming apocalypse, you know, in the offing. Um, so I, I, I get that I'm not his target audience. But did you, did you hear this thing? Because part of his new show is about, like, the, the gender identity thing, right? Um, which is, you know, as 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 America sort of works to, or our society works to sort of embrace people who feel different things about gender, which, by the way, I'm fine with. If you, I guess, are biologically a male and you feel like you're a female or whatever, fine. You know, I, it, that's it, none of that stuff really bothers me that much. I don't delve into it too much because I don't, I don't really care. I think people should just live their lives. Don't hurt other people. Don't abuse other people. Just live your life. That's that's all I really want. But anyway, so Bill Nye, he's got all that going on, and he's become sort of this progressive icon. But Netflix also has, like, his old 90s show on. Did you watch any of that, Kyle? I, I did growing up show? when I was yeah. younger. They would show that in school, actually, yeah. a lot, uh, some certain episodes in, in science class. So I, I never watched it that much. I was a Mr. Wizard guy on Nickelodeon. Mr. Wizard was my guy. Anyway, uh, so Bill we also Nye, had Slim Goodbody. 
don't, a I don't crazy guy running around in different tights with all the different parts of the, the different systems in the body. But yeah, I, think, I digress. I think, I think now I remember that. <laughs> now I'm, I have some frightening memory from my childhood of that. Okay, so uh, Bill Nye, he, in his 90s show, he had a segment about gender, like how you become male or female. And it was this thing about the X and the Y chromosome. And there was a, a young lady who had like kitchen magnets and talked about, you know, the genetics that, that the mother contributes and that the father contributes and all this stuff. And it's basically, it's basically a description of the genetic realities of gender that, you know, the, the sort of political left now rejects. And the interesting thing, Kyle, is that the the not, the version of his '90s show that's been uploaded to Netflix doesn't have that segment from the show? It's been cut out. It's been edited out. It's been left it's been on edited the out. It's not there. Editing room floor. I think that that is so. I I, I just think it's remarkable, right? Because because Bill Nye has become this sort of strident left wing. Dog, dogmatic spokesperson, right, for, for progressive politics. I mean, that's, that's sort of who he is, right? I mean, he's another, like, like somebody like Stephen Colbert, he's not the person I'd want speaking for my political movement because I don't think he persuades people. He's just sort of out berating people who disagree with him. But it's interesting that he's trying to, like, sort of send, or whoever did it, I guess we don't know why it happened, but I, I can't imagine... It was an accident that this one sort of politically portentous segment of a show from 1996, when it gets uploaded into a new medium like Netflix, all of a sudden that's gone because the person who shows it was has become this sort of left-wing icon, and that segment, I guess, is now inconvenient. So we're just sending it down the memory hole. Like, it's not there anymore. Like, we just, oh, we'll just forget that I ever said that. We'll just forget that I ever did that segment. If, it, I, if it doesn't jive with what you're talking about in present time, then just get rid of it. And the thing is, I look so bad. And, I mean, I, I would completely understand, right, if, if Bill Nye came out and said, you know, if, if people, like, pointed to that segment and said, well, this doesn't jive with what you're saying today. And he just says, well, you know what, I have, I have evolved in my understanding of this issue right because 1996 was you know god i always terrible at doing the math what is it it's 23 years ago now 20 so it's it was decades ago so i mean if bill and i wants to come out and just say oh you know i've changed my mind or you know we've made more discoveries or we've made more advancements or whatever it is just explain that right i mean that's fine i get it we can have a debate about it fine but don't pretend like it never existed. Don't pretend like you never put it out there. Own up to it. Be honest about it. That drives me nuts about all of these people. Is they're so 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 dishonest, especially in a digital age. You just you can't get away with that stuff like that. You can't just send stuff like that down the memory hole anymore. That's why politics, I think, are so strident and so polarized these days. The politicians can't get away with flip-flopping, you know, because we're all expecting them to be consistent throughout time. And honestly, I think it's probably okay to maybe give them all some room to just say, hey, you know what, my position's evolved on this. I've changed on this. You know, they just voted on this health care bill 
in Washington, D.C. Yesterday, Congressman Kevin Kramer was on this program, and he was talking about things like discriminating based on pre-existing conditions and price discrimination and everything else. I remember when President Obama was saying that back during his term in office, and Republicans thought that stuff was terrible, and now Republicans are saying that today. And maybe that's fine. Maybe they've evolved on the issue, but be honest about it. More to come straight ahead. We'll wrap up the show after this. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Email talk at WDAY.com. Tweet me at Rob Port. Kyle, do you remember a story from back during the pipeline protests where there was this this guy from Cal Perry from, I think I think he reported for both MSNBC and NBC, but he was one of, I, he's supposed to be one of their like straight news guys and he was out broadcasting live from on location and he was like yeah you know they're they're worried because you know if if they build the pipeline across the river it could put oil in the river and then when they do buffalo hunts and kill the buffalo and float the buffalo down the river the buffalo are going to get soaked in oil that's not an exact quote but that's that's what he reported on the air is that it was going to hurt the buffalo hunts i don't know if you remember that but it was during the protest um anyway that guy Cal Perry just got promoted to be like the head of global digital for NBC. He's it's a position in in London. And what was funny about that broadcast, and you can see the video at sayanythingblog.com and it actually went out live over the air is he's sitting there and he's recording the broadcast live from one of the protest camps. And when he's done recording, one of the protesters who was like live streaming or something had been like live streaming him doing multiple takes of this segment and then afterwards walked up to him and was like you know that's probably you know not good for the main because we don't really hunt buffalo like that anymore Uh, and indeed i actually spoke with the uh commissioner for indian affairs in the state of north dakota scott davis who's actually a member of the standing rock sioux tribe and i asked him about the buffalo hunts and he says they the tribe heavily regulates the buffalo hunts they do it very rarely only for like powwows and stuff so there's not like a there's not like a big like annual hunt where they hunt a bunch of buffalo anymore uh and they like it's for floating the buffalo down the river he says he's never even heard of them doing that so here you had an nbc reporter who broadcast live this completely made-up story about a buffalo hunt and floating buffalo down the, the river. He was told when he was done recording the segment, and I have video of this up at sayanythingblog.com, he was, done when he, was, he was told when he was done recording the segment that that wasn't really accurate, that wasn't really what they do anymore, but it'll be fine for a national audience, but locally, I mean, this is what the protester said. He said, locally, everybody's going to know it's not true. But for a national audience, you're probably okay. The, he, he's literally told that his, his story is untrue. He broadcasts it anyway. Uh, the fact I wrote about it, I kind of broke the story. It got a lot of attention, and now this guy gets a promotion, and we all wonder why Americans are losing faith in the mainstream media. I mean, why, why would you have faith 
in the mainstream media, given how that happened. And I hate even using the term mainstream. What's what's mainstream and what's not anymore? I mean, somebody posting on Twitter could reach an audience of potentially millions, depending on, you know, like their post goes viral or something. I mean, I don't know what's mainstream and what's not anymore. It's all just kind of the media. But people are losing trust in, I guess, quote-unquote, traditional journalists and i think a big reason why is is stuff like this right i mean it's just just kind of toss stuff out that fits the narrative and then if it doesn't turn out to be accurate well you know whatever promote the guy unbelievable hey anyway last thing i wanted to mention today i i wrote my sunday column uh before the show and it's going to be about taxes i i think it's interesting some of the ways North Dakota Democrats are talking about taxes, right? Because we just came through a legislative session where there were there were revenue shortfalls and there were a lot of issues. And so what the Democrats are doing is they're out saying, well, if, if Republicans hadn't cut taxes for oil companies and corporations, then we wouldn't have had these budget shortfalls. That's that's their argument, which I translate, you know, what North Dakotans are going to hear when they make that argument is, oh, North Dakotans, you weren't taxed enough. That's that's. I don't know that North Dakotans have an appetite, even if we're talking about the oil industry and corporations. I don't think North Dakotans have an appetite to hear that the problem with the budget was that people weren't taxed enough. I don't think that one's going to work out very well for Democrats. But what's interesting about it is a couple of things. First of all, they keep talking about oil taxes as though oil taxes have been cut, when the reality is that revenues from oil taxes have actually gone up by almost $600 million dollars. Or they cumulatively, it's been six hundred dollars, six hundred million dollars more collected cumulatively than would have been collected under the old tax code. Now Democrats say, well, they lowered the rate, they cut the top tax rate, and that's true. But you can't talk about that while leaving out the part where they also eliminated a massive low oil tax exemption that has resulted in a net increase in revenues. I mean, if we go out and we reform the income tax code and we get rid of a deduction and then lower your rate, and the net effect on you is that you end up paying more in taxes, I don't think you're going to feel like that's a tax cut. And that's exactly what we did to the oil industry. It has been a very large tax increase. Now, whether or not down the road if oil prices get high again and maybe that drop in the in the top rate will will somehow you know result in uh, – a tax cut i mean a lot of that's going to depend on what oil prices do but this was overall comprehensive reform and for democrats to say that in the next biennium that the that the oil tax reform is going to cause budget shortfalls or that it even caused budget shortfalls in this biennium is ludicrous like absolutely demonstrably untrue so they're talking about that the other interesting thing is they're talking about corporate tax cuts right because in the 2009, 2011, 2013, and 2015 sessions, the legislature passed reductions to the personal and corporate income taxes. Now, Democrats are talking about our corporate income taxes. They say, oh, well, we cut taxes for corporations. And that actually did. I got numbers from the Office of the Tax Commissioner. That actually did result in reductions in revenues from income taxes, about $484 million worth of reductions for, for just the corporate tax cut. What's interesting, though, is that Democrats aren't talking about the personal income tax. Because the personal income tax, you personally, North Dakotans, 
North Dakota personal income taxpayers saw a much larger cut than the corporations did. Individuals got $1.3 billion in tax relief cumulatively from 2009 to 2015. Those are the same dates for the corporate tax cuts as well. Why are Democrats talking about corporate tax cuts and not the personal income tax? And probably politics, right? Because railing against the oil industry and railing against corporations sounds a lot better than saying, hey, you, Joe Blow taxpayer, you got, you paid too little in taxes. That's a winning re-election strategy. All right, that's it. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. I'll be on tomorrow. Governor Doug Burgum joins me for an extended edition of the Rob Report. Catch me 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com or right here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday on 970 WDAY. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. That's another round.